here today, Jesus is still in control. Amen. Praise God. Let's open up our Bibles, if we can, to Exodus, the 17th chapter, reading from verse 8 through to verse 16. Exodus, the 17th chapter, verse 8 through to verse 16. Give honor to Pastor Harvey, Sister Robin, our leadership, and all the saints in the Pentecost of Sydney, those that are watching, those that are here. Exodus 17, verse 8 through to verse 16. The Bible says, then, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Moses said unto Joshua, choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him. had said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, verse 11, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands the one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven and Moses built an altar, called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Amen. Let's put down our Bibles and let's pray for the ministry of God's word right now. If you believe that the Lord can speak through his word, I believe he can speak through his word. Would you lift your hands to heaven right now? Father, we love you. We are believing that your word can penetrate even the hardest of soils right now. We pray that your word would go forth with anointing, apostolic anointing, Lord Jesus. We are praying that lives might be transformed, Lord Jesus. That situations might be turned around, Lord God, by the power of your word, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'd anoint my lips, that I would simply speak your word with faith, Lord Jesus. Let it find good soil. We give you all the glory, all the honour in Jesus' name. Every apostolic and saint of God said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we take our seats. Praise the Lord. I've titled my thoughts this morning, Game Changer. Everyone say Game Changer. The term Game Changer is one that has become a permanent fixture in modern day vernacular. You will hear the term Game Changer in workplaces. You'll hear it in schoolyards. You'll even hear it in sporting fields. Its definition is simply an event, an idea, a person or a procedure that affects a significant shift in the current way of doing or thinking about something. That's the definition of game changer. A game changer can be a person, a person who somehow makes a difference or brings about change or finds a new way. Game changer can be 
an invention, somebody who changes the way we do things or improves our lives in one way or another. A game changer can be an event that is so drastic that it changes the world that we live in. Simply put it, a game changer changes the game. Now most of us can think of examples in our own lives of game changes or things that shifted or changed everything. And for some reason, for me, I always seem to go back to sporting analogies, probably because most of my developing life as a young person, I was so engrossed in sport. But I came across a game changer very early on in my life. His name was Junior Sal. And for those that follow rugby league, perhaps that's a name that you're familiar with. But Junior Sal was an incredible athlete and rugby league player who sent chills down my spine every single time I saw him. Junior Sal was the reason that my mother pulled me out of rugby league at the age of 11. Uh, he, he was the reason in the Brisbane competition they started talking about weight restrictions because, you see, Junior Sal, as a 10-year-old boy, was actually an 80-kilogram man who was the fastest runner in his age in the entire state. Such was his dominance that Although he was 10, he would play with under 12s or under 13s because he was so dominant and he needed a challenge. But you see, the reason that he was a game changer was because my team, the under 10s at South Magpies, would play his team, which was Logan Brothers under 10s. And we would play without Junior Sal because he was waiting to play with the under 12s, the under 13s. And we would usually be beating this team because we had a really good team, South Magpies. And, and we would be beating them. And we knew that if we were ever beating Logan Brothers in the last 20 minutes of the game, that their coach would get this boy called Junior Sal and he would come out of the warm-ups uh, from the under 12 game and he would play against us and we would see this boy slash man run on the field and we knew at that moment that it was going to be a game changer because this boy man would run on the field junior sal would run on the field and it was game over the moment he stepped on the field one try two tries three tries length of the field tries cutting us, folding us in half. He was single-handedly ripped the game away from us. It was so demoralizing to us when we would see this boy run on the field because, you know, as a, as a 25 kilogram little white boy knobbly knees when you see a monster run on the field and, and you see he used to come on with like a he was copying Jonah Loma he had like bald head with a little uh, hair spot on the front there and he would sometimes dye his hair his team colors and that was scary enough but then when he gets the ball and he runs at you yeah I wasn't a Christian then but I was praying trust me I tell you all of this to tell you, I tell you all of that to say this, that we have all experienced game changes in our life, amen. Tragedies that shifted mindsets, uh, relationships that changed the way we treated people, events in our lives that changed us. These are game changes that we have experienced that shifted everything. So what on earth does the term game changer have to do with the text that I read this morning? You see, our text brings us to a battle between, between Israel and Amalek. And the, Am the Amalekites were hostile towards Israel. The enemy of God's people. This wasn't just any old battle. This was a battle 
between God's people and the enemy of God's people. This was something that God was interested in, something he was invested in. He cared about the outcome so much so, as we read earlier, he would say, uh, write this for a memorial in a book. He said this to Moses, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. God cared about the outcome of this battle between Israel and the Amalekites. Amen. And so it should be no surprise that when God cares about something so much, He wants to become the difference. Amen. He wants to become the difference. When God cares about something, He is interested in the result. Praise God. And when God cares about something, He wants His people to be on the winning side. Can somebody say amen this morning? Praise God. And I submit to you here today that not only did He care back then, but Jesus still cares deeply about you and He cares deeply about me. And He cares about my circumstances. And He cares about your troubles. And He cares about everything that's going on in our life. Praise God. Praise God. He delights in being the center of our storm. He doesn't just wish upon you or think good thoughts. He wants to be the center of our circumstance. He wants to be the center of our battle. He wants to be right in the middle of the circumstance of our, of our life. Praise God. Because he understands his authority and he understands his power and he understands if he's in the middle of our battles, then his people will be victorious. Does anybody agree with that here today? That if he's in the middle of our storm, he knows that my people will be victorious. These aren't just my words. It's written in the book. The Bible tells me in Deuteronomy 20 and verse 4 that not only does, that he, he, the Bible says, the Lord your God goeth with you, praise God, to fight for you against your enemies. I thank God that he just doesn't think about me or wish me well or wait some pom-poms the Bible says he goeth with you that means he fights for you that means he stands by your side in the middle of your storm I, I thank God we don't serve a statue we don't serve some fake God. we serve a God that goeth with you in your storms right in the middle of your battle he's fighting side by side for you can somebody thank the Lord for that right now that he goeth with you praise God that ought to give you confidence, praise God, that whatever is surrounding your life, that whatever circumstance is going on around about you, that whatever difficulty you face, you can stand up tall, you can square your shoulders, you can stick your chest out. Why? Because my God goeth with me. Not only that, but we know the Bible says that I know from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. How many know that their help comes from the Lord here today? Praise God. Our help doesn't come from our, our intellect or our ability or our bank balance or what we know. Our help comes from the most powerful force this world has ever known. Our help comes from the creator of the universe. Praise God. You see, we can try and cling on to our ability or our knowledge or our education, but that will eventually fail. Praise God. The single most determining factor of the finality of your battle is this question, is Jesus connected to my storm? 
Why is that important? Because he is the single greatest game changer the world has ever known. Praise God. Let your question not be, how smart am I? How wealthy am I? How much do I know? Let your question be, have I invited the presence of Jesus down into my storm, into my circumstance? Because we know that if he's there with us, we will be on the winning side. Can somebody thank the Lord? Put your hands together if you believe that he gives his people victory. The psalmist says, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them, praise God. Through you, we will push down our enemies. Through you, through your name, we will trample those who rise against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me, but you, Lord, have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. That's why Jesus Christ is the single greatest game changer that this entire world has ever known because it's not by our sword, not by our bow, not by our intellect, but it's by Him, His power, His authority that we will stand on the winning side. Praise God. You see, Jesus has always been the single greatest game changer that ever existed. His presence on earth changed the world forevermore. His presence in your life changed your eternity. And His presence in your circumstance changes the outcome of your trial. Praise God. Because He is the single greatest game changer the world has ever known. Bible does its best, amen, to remind us of our shortcomings and our reliance on Jesus. They say the quickest way to learn is from the mistakes of other people. And we can read countless examples in the Word of God of people who failed absent God's presence, but who were conquerors and victorious, connected to the presence of God. As fallen people, though, sometimes even the Christians, we slip into flesh state, carnal state, where we do, where we operate, as Paul describes it, as having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Knowledge of Christ, saints of God, without the application of Christ is not enough in this hour. Let me say that again. Knowledge of Him without the application of Him is not enough in this hour because our power is not connected to knowledge of God. Our power is not even connected of knowledge of His power. Our power is connected to applying His power to our life. Praise God. That's why the Holy Ghost is so important. Amen. Because when we receive the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden His Spirit is not just something we know about. His Spirit is something that's inside of us and operating alive inside of us. I believe if we need anything in this hour, we need the application of God's power and authority in our circumstances. Amen. Because we are not inherently good. We're inherently flawed. We're not inherently uh, uh, righteous. We're inherently sinners. But Jesus is the game changer and his invitation, amen, into our circumstances is the absolute difference. His invitation into our storms and our battles and our offenses and our brokenness in every part of our lives is what makes us a conqueror. Does anybody agree with that here today? It's his invitation into our storm that makes all the difference. If I can have anything, 
let it be Jesus. If we can take anything to the storms of our life and the battles of our life, let it be the power and the presence of Jesus. Because just being in the fight is not enough. Just being in the battle is not enough. Exodus 17, we read this. You will notice in our text that despite God calling Moses and Joshua and his people to the fight against Amalek, you will read for yourself that it's still possible to lose. We know the Israelites won. We read that. But we also read that there were portions of that battle where the Amalekites were gaining ground and Joshua and the Israelites were losing ground. So my question to you here today is what was the thing that would determine who was winning at any given time in that battle? Bible says in verse 11 that when Moses' hand was lifted, Israel prevailed. But when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. We read it here in verse 11, and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. When he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And so we know that both Moses and Joshua were serving Israel at this time. Joshua was serving Israel with his sword, and Moses was serving Israel with the rod of God. Joshua was fighting a physical battle, amen, and Moses' hands lifted in appeal to God. I believe, saints of God, there is revelation in this text that ought to speak to you and your circumstances, praise God. Because Joshua's skill in fighting did not dictate who was victorious in that battle. It was Moses' connection to God that would determine the outcome of that battle. I want to tell you right now that man's success is always subject to God's intervention. Let me say it again, that your success is subject to God's intervention Bible says but Moses hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat there on and Aaron and her stayed up his hands the one on the one side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun you see Joshua's hands were not heavy in battle but Moses hands were heavy in interceding I want to tell you that spiritual battles are the key to your physical victory praise God Could it be, saints of God, that sometimes our victory has not arrived because we have our fighting hands lifted and our praying hands lowered? But I believe if the apostolic people of God would understand that if we lower our fighting hands and lift up our praying hands, that God's intervention will be the difference in your life. Let me say it again. Your ability to fight with your hands means nothing if God's not involved. But when we lift up our holy hands and we pray and fast and we invite God down, that's the very thing that that's why the Bible says that the foolish confound the wise because I would rather be a fool with God on my side than an academic that has all understanding because when God steps into your battle you are assured of victory can somebody say amen Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, saints of God. Sometimes we need to put down our weapons and lift up our voices, put down our metal swords, pick up our leather bound swords, put down, amen, our fighting hands and lift up our praying hands. Why? Because the spirit realm has the ability to control the physical realm can somebody say amen 
The spiritual realm has the ability to control the physical realm. How else can a boy defeat a giant? How else can a 300 defeat an entire army? How else can a mortal man walk on water? I'll tell you how. When Jesus steps into your situation, when we invite the power of God into our situation, all of a sudden it doesn't matter what natural elements surround you. You have the power and the authority of God on your side. Praise God. When Jesus steps in, our enemies are scattered. When Jesus steps in, praise God, storms are calmed. When Jesus steps in, sickness can leave. When Jesus steps in, wounds are healed. When Jesus steps in, offenses are forgiven. When Jesus steps in, things change because he's the great game changer. I want to tell you right now, it takes courage to step into the fight. Yes, it does. It does take courage to step in to the battle. It does take courage to take it to the enemy. But it takes more courage to keep your hands lifted under the fatigue of your circumstance. It took courage for Joshua to stand before his enemy. It took more courage for Moses to fight to keep his hands lifted when everything was telling him to lower his hands. I believe when the church and when we get a revelation of the, power, of the power of God, we will spend less time trying to perfect ourselves and more, try, more time trying to connect to His presence. When we truly understand the power of God, we'll spend less time trying to be impressive in our own ability, trying to push our skills forward and more time trying to connect to the greatest source of power the world has ever known. Can somebody please say amen right now? Because we understand, the apostolic people of God understand that when we connect to Him and He steps down into our circumstance, the outcome is already settled. We will be on the willing, winning side. Matthew 14, we read an account of Peter who steps out of the boat walking towards Jesus. You will notice his first few steps were successful. He was walking on water because he was obeying the words of his master and he was looking at his master. It wasn't until his eyes were diverted off of his master onto the natural elements around him that he would begin to sink. Amen. And the same is true of us. When our eyes are on Jesus, when we're looking towards him, we will be victorious. But when our eyes are diverted off the supernatural and looking and start looking at the natural elements we might fail as well but when we're connected to the power of God and the spirit of God we will be victorious praise God I'll tell you why because Jesus is not subject to the size of our enemy Jesus is not subject to the natural elements Jesus could care less about what the laws of gravity in this world dictate because he says it's over when he says it's over Bible declares troubles will come, offenses will come, storms will come, rejection will come, persecution will come. All of those things will come. The Bible says that. That's not the question. The question I have for you here today is when those things come, do you have the ability to keep your spiritual hands lifted all the way through your storm? Not just half of the way or three quarters of the way, but all the way through the battle of your life, through the storms of your life. Do you have the ability to keep your spiritual hands lifted because when you have your spiritual hands lifted the result is already taken care of praise God I don't believe the God, that God is that we serve is just a mountaintop God 
I don't believe he's just a God for the good times. I don't believe he's just a God for when everything's going well. I believe he specializes in carrying us through the valley seasons of our life. I believe he specializes in keeping us going through the storms of our life. The Bible calls him the lily of the valley, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the rose of Sharon. Why? Because he cannot lose. He knows how to step into his people's situations and his circumstances and carry you through the storms of your life. Do you believe that here today? That our God has the ability to carry you through the battles of your life. And I'm coming to a close. If our musicians could please come. And I believe that this text speaks to every single person's situations here today. Because we don't just operate from emotional high to emotional high. Life doesn't always just unfold perfectly as we want it to. But we need the power of God in our seasons of life. We need to understand that while we might be looking at a physical enemy, the spiritual forces behind us determine the natural elements of this world. Of course, the easiest storm to watch is somebody else's storm. It's easy to speak faith into somebody else's battle, but when it comes to our battle, it's not always that easy, amen? In order for Joshua to defeat Amalek, he had to understand he was not the most important person in that fight. For Joshua to win that physical battle, he had to understand that he was not the most important person in that battle. His skill set with his sword was not the most important factor in that fight. In order for Joshua to defeat Amalek, he had to understand that his success was subject to a man called Moses who had his hands lifted and was interceding for him. Joshua wasn't even the second or the third most important person in that fight. Moses' hands got heavy, we said it earlier, and his hands would get lowered. And, and then when, his, when Moses' hands were lowered, Amalek would gain ground on Joshua and, and the Israelites. But Aaron and Hur would prop up the hands of Moses. And when Moses' hands were propped up, Joshua would begin to ascend in battle again. So I want to ask you this question here right now. We've all got our battles. We've all got our circumstances. all got our fights. Yes, we do. But whose hands are you holding up in the kingdom of God? Is there somebody around you who's growing weary and, and tired and you can lift up their hands when their hands begin to get low? That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is it's not just about me and my battle, but I need to look around and see that my brother's tired. I'm going to lift up his hands. My sister's tired. I'm going to lift up her hands. Amen. That's what the kingdom of God is. Because if I can call God down into my situation and get victory and I can lift up somebody else's hands and they get victory, the whole entire kingdom of God goes forward. Amen. Souls are reached. Miracles take place. And the kingdom of God will expand. That's the kingdom of God. 
So right now, as we contemplate the storms of our life, I also want you to be mindful that every single person to your right and to your left and watching at home has their own battle right now. And as a body of apostolic believers, we need to pray for them and fast for them and intercede for them. Because if I have victory and they have victory, we all have victory. God gets victory. An entire nation, saints of God. An entire nation had victory because a man's hands were lifted. Isn't that incredible? That an entire nation moved forward. God's will was done because a man's hands were lifted. What can happen in your life if your hands are lifted in the presence of God? What victory can God give you and the kingdom of God if your hands are lifted right now? So would you stand right now in the presence of Jesus? Let's stand. And if you're here right now, I can only assume you're here because you believe God is real. And if you believe God is real, I I can only assume you believe the Word of God is real. And if the Word of God speaks to the power of a man's hands being lifted, I can only assume that you also believe in the power of an apostolic person's hands lifted in the presence of Jesus. And I know every single person here has a situation. You've got a circumstance. There is a battle. There is an offense. There is something going on in your life that the enemy is trying to use to destroy you. I wonder what would happen in this building if every single apostolic had their hands lifted in the presence of Jesus and invites God down into your situation I wonder what would happen in the kingdom of God so right now I wonder if we could exercise that spiritual principle in the presence of Jesus would you lift your hands towards heaven right now because we believe in the power of God we believe in the power and the authority of his presence and we believe if he could do it for Israel on behalf of Moses and Joshua he can do it for you he can do it for the Pentecostals of Sydney he can do it for the kingdom of God in 2020 so right now I wonder if you'd open up your mouth and if you would have your hands lifted if you believe in the power of God would you lift your hands and open up your voice if you don't know what to say just say hallelujah it's the highest praise but when we lift up Him, our hands we are surrendering our will and we're inviting the presence of God down into our situation I'm going to pray a prayer over this church right now I want you to receive it I also want you to think about your storm and your battle and your circumstance and we are believing that God will have the final say. If you have the Holy Ghost right now, would you lift up your voice? Let faith rise in this place. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we call upon your name. We call upon your power. If you did it for Moses and Joshua, you can do it for me today. You can do it for the church today. You can do it for us today, Lord. So we call you down into the circumstances of our life. We bring you down into our battle. We call upon your help for our Fences. I pray right now that you would interject yourself, that you would intervene in every heart, in every mind, in every life right now, Lord God. We release right now people that have wronged us. We release offenses. We come against, Lord Jesus, the work of the enemy. We come against every attempt of Satan to tear down the church. And we invite your Holy Ghost right now to give us victory on behalf of you, Lord God. Come on, church. Lift up your voices. I know there are battles going on in your heart. I know there are things taking
taken place in your life. If you believe in the power of God, I wonder if you would take one final step of faith. Would you take a step out of your seat? We're going to come down to this altar as a sign of our faith right now. Would you take a step out? We're going to pray at this altar right now as a sign of faith that I believe that He is more than able, that I believe that God's presence can do it. We're going to pray at this altar right now. That's it. Come on, church. Let's lift up our hands. Let's believe that God is able. Let's believe that the battle is not yet over. Maybe the enemy's taken ground from me, but I believe that when God steps into my circumstance, we will be on the winning side. Praise God. That's it. There are some brave people right now taking a step of faith. And if you don't have that in your life, then maybe you're standing in your seat. Would you extend your hands and pray for those that have responded in faith right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we call upon your presence. We invite you down into our circumstances. That's it. Come on, church. When God's presence is brought down into our battles, we will have victory. It's written in the Word. It's still true today. His presence is more than enough. Hallelujah. We're going to lift up our our voices. We're going to sing some songs of praise. But let faith rise here today because we believe He is more than able. Hallelujah.